All right, perfect. I appreciate the time. Talk about the album, talk about some old stuff. But first and foremost, I, I got to start with your health and how are you feeling and, and you and Mrs. Billy feeling with the, with everything that you guys have been through over the past, what month has it been already? Yeah, it's at least been, it's over a month, but we're definitely, I think, about to 100%. We're feeling back to normal. You know, I'm sure part of the feeling a little weird, just stuck at home, you know, we'll probably bored like everybody else. <laughs> what have you been doing now that you, you're getting back to some normalcy? Are you able to do any working out or singing or anything? Um, yeah, well, I've been uh, back on the bike, trying to get my lungs back up to shape. You know, we've only left the house, I think, three times since the month, <laughs> you know, just to go shopping and that's it. You know, we've been like doing some boating, you know, when the sun's out and sitting out back just kind of it's almost like a vacation <laughs> an extended one and, and kind of at maybe not at the most opportune time with the tour and everything just happening right. or, or about to be happening but you know talking about the the virus for a, a few here i'm curious for from your vantage point now that it has been some time what are you curious to find out what's what's the next information that you're looking for or, or what are people not talking about that they well, should be well i think the next thing important thing is i mean i feel it's obviously the first is the isolation. Everybody needs to be a part of that. Um, I know with everybody's talking about getting the country back open, but I think, and I know I've been watching the news and they're coming up with um, tests that can give you quicker results in 20 minutes for enzymes showing. If you had it and it's gone, that you probably won't get it again. Or the test will reveal if you haven't had it yet that you better be precautious and, you know, I think those are steps to getting people back in the back to work, back out of the house, knowing they're safe. But it's going to take uh, everybody to be involved pretty much, you know, because the sad thing about this virus is you could be sick. And now they're finding out, you know, the first two to three days before you're actually feeling sick is when you're like the most contagious. Yeah. So before you even know it, you know, you're out spreading it around. <laughs> it's really like, a, I keep telling people, it's, it feels like a bad sci-fi movie that we're all stuck in with this thing going on. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's this invisible, I keep waiting for a dude to pop up on TV with demands and saying, you know, I got the antidote. Here's what I need. And I'm curious too, is did you go through more toilet paper than normal? Is there something we should know on that end? Or is that just people's paranoia kicking in? I think it's their paranoia. We go back. I think everybody cleaned the shelves off and, you know, thought they had a gold mine sitting on toilet paper. But, you know, <laughs> I think things are loosening up. People see an end date, hopefully. So, you know, there's products back in the stores. And, you know, at least where I live, it's that people aren't panicking and going crazy like they were. No, no. It's definitely seemed to, to have chilled out a little bit and gotten to some semblance of normalcy, even if everyone's now wearing masks and look like they're robbing the place every time you go out now. But Yeah, and it was just like the other day when we did go out shopping. I mean, it just kind of crossed my mind as I seen a mother holding her young child and they had a mask on. It's just like kind of kind of hit my mind. Like, what are young kids like tripping on, like seeing this happening to our world? Everybody's going to be masks. And it's a, it is like a movie. You're yeah. it's like, man, you know, you'd never see that. It's it's really trippy. <laughs> yeah. And it just seeing like all these photos of whether it's Vegas or New York or downtown LA or in all these places that are always jam packed and they're ghost towns and even just driving around town and seeing, you know, that being a ghost town, it's such a trip. I keep joking on the radio that, that maybe that you were ahead of ahead of the time and that's what you had written World War Three about, that you really knew that this was coming. 
Let's talk. Well, I mean, that song was it. I mean, a lot of the songs are kind of relevant. Sounds like symptoms off the new record. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 crazy. You know, the times we're living right now and what we're going through and what you know. I, I really don't think. You know, I know everybody's pipe board wants to get back, but I just don't think things are going to swing right back to normalcy. You know, people are going to be cautious. Everybody's going to be cautious. You know. How do you feel as an artist, like as far as doing shows and meet and greets? And I wonder if are people going to even mosh now? Like, do you think that it's going to have uh, ramifications in, in the concert world? Um, yeah, it will, and I think they'll probably be cautious as well. But I think you know it's going to it's it's it works on both parties. I mean, the the artist and the promoters who own these venues. I mean, they're going to be timid, maybe not wanting to sink a bunch of money and paying lower fees and you know, afraid that people aren't going to show up. You know, things are going to be weird at first, you know. And I think fans will too. I mean, I don't think everybody's just going to rush out and just, okay, ready, set, go. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, hopefully they still kind of keep distance or at least wear masks and, you know, be precautious of things, you know. Are you still holding out hope for, for shows in, in 2020 or, or are you kind of already getting into the uh, mindset of 2021? I, I mean, in, in my wildest dreams I am, but I don't, it's, I mean, just what you're hearing down the line and stuff and just, you know, things change every day. Yeah. So I'm just watching like our summer unfold in Europe and we lost a date in Japan in September. And, you know, so we have some stuff we are working on in America in September and a European tour in November. Um, but we don't know, so we'll kind of just see what happens. I don't want to bum everybody out and don't want to take up all your time. I do want to talk about the new album, Titans of Creation, and another kick-ass Testament album. And I'm curious, was it, was the title yeah. the toughest thing to come up with for this one? The title of the record was, was a pain in the ass. I mean, we, <laughs> in, we had the artwork done probably, I don't know, a month or two before we had the title. It all started just from a sketch, a pencil sketch, and just kind of came to be what it is and we'd look at it and go okay what is this called and you know we had a few title working titles but we're like okay there's these guys swinging hammers they got porn a vat of dna they're you know they're creating life aliens demons humans and then you know i think a week before we had to deliver the record eric came up with titans and we're like yeah titans okay they could be titans Titans of Creation, yeah, I like that. And um, it kind of fits to the way a lot of the songs, I'd say five or six vocally and stuff, were kind of real organically arranged vocally in the studio as we were kind of sitting there and, you know, didn't have anything patterns. We just kind of let the tape roll and mumbled our way through and found some cool stuff. (laughs) And cool of you guys to get really, this is uh, Juan being a part of it this time and kind of co-producing the album along with you guys too, right? Well, Juan's always been uh, engineering a lot of our stuff, but this record more so is because we were getting more creative in the studio and doing stuff that wasn't finished. Juan had a lot more input and suggestions and trying stuff and he always has but this time he really you know contributed more that we thought okay he's got to give him credit for this now which was great you know we all work really well together yeah it's cool to see see you pay it forward like that too like you didn't have to i mean i'm sure he was just happy to be there but nice to see you know you guys do the right thing quote unquote and help hook him up and i'm sure that's you know a number one on his resume now (laughs) 
Yeah, not, that doesn't hurt, huh? No, no, certainly. And, and a great album. And, and, you know, I love that there's so many different feelings and vibes on the album. You know, there, there's some straight up just brutal stuff like World War Three, but then you get into some other lanes with like uh, Dream Deceiver that's got more of like an 80s kind of vibe to it. And is that kind of just all part of the Testament soup is to kind of go in and out of all your influences and realms and possibilities? Well, I mean, all we knew is we came out of that Slayer farewell tour and we, had, we probably had some good headspace, you know, and we're in a good space and we knew, okay, we're putting nine months aside. We went into it. All the thing we said is let's make it thrashier than Brotherhood and just started writing. And then the first song that came together was Children of the Next Level, the music and the lyrics. And it could have been really right like off Brotherhood, just lyrically and the, the vibe of it. So I thought maybe that's where we're going to continue is continue the vibe off Brotherhood. But then Eric really did start delivering songs and riffs that were really... Um, different out of the norm that he, you know, as a testament, you know, riff. It actually made it more a little, maybe, I guess, vocally uncomfortable and pushed me out of my vocal comfort. But I kind of went, rolled with it and dealt with it and kind of found my way. And that's what I meant by we went in the studio organically and just kind of mumbled our way through and found some really cool patterns and some lines, like songs like Scream Deceiver and yeah. um, Night of the Witch and The Healers. A lot of those songs like that were just kind of just found our way through them and found, put them together. And showing off your vocal ability, man, that's one thing that it, I love. The, you know the lowest lows and, and and you know in a song where like dream deceiver or singing some more higher notes too i mean the range is incredible still oh, thank you it's uh, it's awesome to hear and and i'm sure pipes feeling good and and getting them tuned up and everything again starting to feel a little bit normal after everything you've been through um well i haven't sang yet i mean i'm i'm trying to get my back on the bicycle and get my wind going. Gotcha. Because I really did notice uh, when I did get sick, I mean, we were out of breath and just nothing but laid around for two, three weeks of trying to get better. So, I mean, just, you know, felt weak, like, you know, starting over, working out again. And just, it was just like, you know, starting again. <laughs> starting all over. You had mentioned it and I obviously wanted to bring it up as it, that Slayer farewell tour and kind of curious to looking back on that and, and kind of putting a cap on their career, maybe one fond moment from doing that farewell tour with them and do you remember the first time you saw Slayer? Oh man, I, I can't remember the first time I mean, that sure it was the 80s but we did a lot of touring in Europe with them in the 80s um, some killer shows. Um, great fond memories always back in those early days when Hanneman was in the band and everybody was just hanging, partying, having good times but I'd probably say that Clash of the Titans in Europe was probably some of our best memories, you know, Slayer runs with them. But that reunion, or the farewell was awesome, the way they went out. It was like, you know, we were really awesome to be part of that, you know. When we got asked, we were like, of course, and, and to see it every night <laughs> and see the fan response. And just sometimes we'd trip out go, man, this is the last time Slayer's playing here. <laughs> yeah, do you think they're really going to stick with it? Do you think they'll come back like everybody so. else has? No, no, I don't think so. You think this is it then? Oh, yeah. When I was there the last night, I seen Gary drop that the chains. I, I knew that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was so heartbreaking, man. And it, you hold out hope as a fan because you've seen all these other bands. Motley Crue just came back and all these bands. And you're like, man, maybe, but. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I mean, you could tell that was like it, you know. Hopefully they put that out on DVD, that last show. That'd be killer. Yeah. They, I mean, it has to be out there on YouTube somewhere, but that's when he dropped the final chain and, and walked off. Yeah. That was it. 
Would you do that as an artist? Do you think that when the time comes, would you rather put that farewell out there or just kind of play your last show and maybe, you know, not necessarily announce the ending? The, the reason why I'd want to announce is because we, we have 30 years of people and friendships we've made over our career. And at least if it's one last time, at least everybody we've met, if we got to see them one last time or put on one final performance, I think that's the cool part. Speaking of uh, performances, the last time I did get to see you, it, you always have fun doing it. It looks like you guys are all having a blast the metal allegiance at the house of blues in anaheim always looks like a good time but did did you happen to see did you happen to catch bobby blitz eat it on stage this year and and did you have a good laugh at that i didn't see him fall but i heard i was back uh, i was off stage at that time yeah and i heard he like just went down Poor Andre said to like pick him up with one hand and was, you know, laughing the whole time while picking him up. But he had a good laugh about it. But it was great to see you. Yeah, I mean, we don't take it too seriously. I mean, it's the NAM weekend. Everybody's there to do their thing and say, hey, it's not a serious tour. We're just having fun, playing covers. So everybody tends to, you know, just have fun. I was trying to remember you and John Bush were singing. Was it UFO you guys were doing together? UFO, yeah. We, we sang Lights Out, yeah. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, it's, it's fun singing with him. His voice is so amazing. Yeah, I was kind of curious, like it, like seeing the two of you up there. I was like, uh, does Chuck and John have a relationship from the Armored Saint days or more from the Anthrax days? Uh, Armored Saint and then also Anthrax. I mean, we've gone known, go back way back, you know, from even Armored Saint. Yeah, he's a heck of a heck of a singer. And the two of you guys together was just like, ah, oh, was awesome to hear. Speaking of appearances and and playing with other people, I also love the guest spot that you did on the uh, Kill Switch Engage tune, The Crownless King. Wanted to ask you about that and how that came together. Um, I was just, you know, I know we've done some tours with Kill Switch and Lamb of God, so we became friends and... They'd asked just out of the blue. Jesse had mentioned, you know, hey, mine, I got this part. And I said, of course, you know, I'd love to love to do it. And sent me the track and laid it down for them. And then they sent it back. And I said, just let me know. Here's my first take. Let me know what you want me to change or if I'm going, going at it right. Like, no, that's it. Fine. <laughs> I'm like, cool. All right. That was easy. Right on. I love it. I love it. I, you know, it's fun doing those. I did Mark Morton's record and Lamb of God. I did a song on their new record. It's fun kind of doing those things. Like you said, you're always mailing it in, trying to guess what they want. And But it sounds like you, you nailed it. Did you imagine the same for the Mark Morton? Morton track too or no I'm sorry the Lamb of God track uh, the Lamb of God yeah uh, Randy sent me that one and just he kind of told me which direction to go a little little coaching on that one it's got to make it easier yeah and then Mark Morton when I was there with Mark when we were recording it down in LA so he was right there on the spot working it out with me last question I have for you Chuck it just to have some fun and, and talking about music but I wanted to get a little bit out of out of the wheelhouse so to speak for for a second and talk about a 90s rock you know we all know the big four and and thrash metal and that's the scene that you kind of came out of and then what happened after that with the the grunge movement which i've kind of relabeled the flannel five and you know i'm sure it like me and initially i hated that music when it came out because it what it did to thrash metal but over time i've grown to appreciate those bands and kind of curious to get your take on and if you have any appreciation of these bands and really curious who your favorite is out of this bunch that I'll give you the the Flannel Five which I consider Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Well definitely Alice in Chains. 
I mean, for me, I mean, I love the early Soundgarden, but Alice in Chains was always something I thought was awesome. But those times were tough. I mean, I mean, not only us, I mean, it was tougher, I think, on us, just or we took it different because it was right around that time we ended our six record deal with on Atlantic Records. You know, we were right in that spot right after 95, so 96, 95, 96, we had no label. And by 97, we did the demonic record and on an independent label. And that's what kind of like pissed off at the world, pissed <laughs> off at the industry, just, you know, had it, we were had it, you know, and, and it was a really angry record, you know. <laughs> Well, that's and then that's really kind of where you start finding your low register too during that time period. Yeah, I mean, I did that song "Dog Face Gods" in '95, I believe, on the low record. And some fans, well, some newer fans said, "Yeah, I like that. Do that." And the, some of the classic fans were like, "No, no, no, don't do that. Don't sing like that. Be more melodic." So it was hard to please everybody. But on that demonic record, it was just came out like that. It was just we brought Gene Hoagland in the picture. It just went that way, you know. And then I, then we pulled it back in on the. And kind of found ourselves again. Having that that lower range that you you can go to is it kind of makes it make sense when with the tour that was scheduled with you guys in Black Dahlia Murder it doesn't seem that crazy of an idea at first when you go a death metal band and a thrash metal band but then you kind of start and go I think there's more some similarities there you know more so than you would think on the in the initial surface yeah I mean and and we we go deep cuts so we like we did that bass strikes back with Exodus Death Angel and we decided to pull out a lot of the classic songs we've been playing for so many years it took us like two weeks just to rehearse because we went deep cuts and like really had to like learn things over again but (laughs) it turned out to be really cool and the fans really appreciate it because it was just they're strong songs and once you get them tight we just were like yeah these are these are fun now to play and lastly just uh, about that black dahlia murder tour is it is the plan hopes to reschedule that tour at this point still or you think it's probably not going to happen well, you guys going in different directions I think it'll get rescheduled well i mean i think if anything it'll get rescheduled in 2021 okay because i know this year it won't get rescheduled and if we had another tour we were planning in september it was a different package right so if that package that a package happens it'll be a different tour and, and the black dog but it'll have to be in 2021. Okay. Well, fingers crossed it. Hopefully we get we get something in the fall from you or, or worst case scenario, 2021, at least with Black Dahlia. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I hope so, man. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed that we all get through this and, and sooner than later. And it's great that you have gotten through this and that we have a, a great success story like yourself to say, hey, look, you know, it, it's not all doom and gloom. You can get through this. We can survive. We can beat this thing. That's right. Yeah. And Will from Death Angel, you know, who was on a rest for two weeks he yeah pulled through and back home and he kicked its ass so it's a good thing man gary holt pulled through and he's fine now too yeah. right and there were some, yeah. some crew guys that had gotten it too they're all better yeah they're all getting better now yeah we had one that got stuck in europe but everybody's getting better great great to hear well chuck i appreciate all the time and Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios,